I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there. You are listening to The Alt in Our Stars. That is the name of the podcast. My name is Chris Payne. I'm a correspondent here at Billboard.com. And today on The Alt in Our Stars, we have a guest called The Early November. They are a great rock band from New Jersey that's been around for over 10 years now. And uh, they were a band that I was quite a big fan of since my high school days when I was first getting into independent sort of rock music, especially stuff of the uh, the emo persuasion, the emo and pop punk stuff. That was quite big where I grew up in New Jersey. So I came at this interview definitely part of me as as a fan and also as a journalist being very, very impressed by the new music that the early November put out. Um, they're the sort of band that never really got too wrapped up in the whole Warp Tour emo scene, even though they were kind of a part of it. They never really gave in to its cliches, so they never got huge. But in saying true, I think they really got themselves a loyal fan base that's helping them today in phase two of their lifespan because they were on hiatus from 2007 to 2011. And they seem pretty well adjusted for it, talking to these guys. You know, it's kind of cliche sometimes to call reunited bands stuff their best work to date. But to be honest with this track, Narrow Mouth, their new single, which we talk about a good amount in the podcast, and I'll play a little bit of it, I really do think it hits harder than stuff they've done in the past. So Ace, uh, Ace Enders, Josh, and Bill from the band were by for the podcast. Um, that's about all to say an introduction, I think. So here it is, my interview with the early November. Hope you enjoy it. So we are here in Billboard's Manhattan Studios with the early November. We got Ace here. Yes, sir. We got Joe. Hello. And we got Bill. That is me. Three guitarists. That's right. Three <laughs> guitar attack. A That's trio. Right. Lots of shredding all day. There's some shredding on the new early November album. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's the mo- who's the biggest shredder in the band? Big Bill. Ace. Here. I would say it's Ace. Bill can shred. I can only shred on recordings. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to use the studio magic. Bill can just shred in regular life. Only if I've had uh, chocolate within the past 24 hours. So <laughs> yes, I'm fueled. Chocolate is vital chocolate to his shred. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a hard time it. with most chords, so I'm not shredding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm daintily strumming the intricate parts i wouldn't say daintily yeah not daintily either <laughs> there's no finesse <laughs> i'm just wailing away on that thing plugging away so this is a new album that we're talking about it's called imbue yeah and it's out may 12th on rise records so we're in new album talking mode 
So have you guys done a lot of press, a lot of talking about the album yet? We're actually just getting started right now. You're one of the mm. first. Okay, so yeah. we're going to set the tone for this. Yeah, oh yeah, set setting the, the pace right here. So um, you guys broke up in 2007 and reformed in 2011 and signed to Rise, released a new album in 2012. So this is kind of like phase two, 2.0 for the early November. Right. Yeah, so how does phase two feel? Better than the first? It feels good because I mean we're I mean you to have something to build it and then to sort of lose it and erase, you know, everything that you have and start over and then realize like, hey, you know, what we actually had and what we can have is it, it makes you a lot smarter and whatnot because we were really dumb in the first phase. Yeah, phase one was in beta most of the time and yeah. it was still pretty buggy. Still in testing. And uh a lot of it. Now we're we're ready we're ready we launched. We were ready for launch, and we launched. Yeah. 2.0. Mm-hmm. Well, how old were you guys when you started Phase 1? We got signed. As most of us were teenagers. I was. I had turned 20 right as soon as I signed the contract, or turned 19 right as soon as I signed the contract. Yeah, so when Ace was – Ace and I are pretty much the same age, so it was 19, 18, and then two seventeen. No, another 18-year-old and a 17-year-old. Yeah. Jeff was 17. Yeah. So, and, Bill, you joined on a few years later, right? Yeah. Okay, I think okay. I was 19 or 20. But still, like from reforming all the early November members now, you guys are all basically, like, I guess what you, what you would call original members, all from phase one. Yeah, yeah. So was it tough at all, logistically, personally, getting the entire band back together on the same page for phase two? Well, we're all together, but like for touring, it gets a little complicated because, I mean, we all have different careers paths aside from the band so i mean we do this and i mean our drummer also is a producer at nbc philadelphia and does that and um you know it's like we do what we can on the touring but when it comes to records we're all available Mm -hmm. for it you know yeah so it was at first we a little bit of a learning curve but i feel Mm -hmm. good about everything now and as you were saying guys kind of older wiser for phase two so that probably helps smooth things out absolutely yeah yeah yeah, it just takes a little more planning, and I think now that once you get a little bit older, it's a little bit uh, easier to plan because you're mm-hmm. used to it, you know? Like you have a schedule for the most part, or you plan out dinners or whatever maybe. So now we just plan out <laughs> rehearsals. Well, yeah, like you know, that. as like an adult, that. you plan yeah. things out. Yeah. Let's meet up on Friday. But at the same time, your lives are probably in real life so much busier now than when you were 18 years old when Absolutely. you had a hard time planning when it was probably more just like – Hangouts, going to see other bands, going to the mall. You know, hanging out is not easy. It is tough. It takes a lot of planning to get a good hangout. Mm -hmm. You're telling me, man. Especially being awkward like us. Yeah. 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 So now we just plan our hangouts to also rehearse. Right. Right. We just got to be more efficient. Productive hangouts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. With the early November in Phase 2, you guys still really haven't lost sight of Phase 1. You know, you played a 10-year anniversary show for The Room's Too Cold. And also, like, you're putting out new music. And I've heard the album. I think it's fantastic. We, Thank we you. Prim- yeah, my favorite is Narrowmouth. Like, it probably was your favorite, too, because you chose to share that one first. Right. We were happy to premiere that. And we think it's awesome. But as a band that's also, like, hyping still, you know, playing – like the room's too cold in its entirety. Is it at all tough to get the old fans like all on the same page with the new music? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I feel like our last album that we released, uh, Incurrence, was received very well. Like we had, I mean, they sing those 
words as loud as they sing mm-hmm. the other ones at this point. So I feel like we're all pretty much on the same page. Yeah, you that's, know? that's awesome. I feel like that's really big because just the way fans are kind of trained for whatever band, I think a lot of bands, and also from the era that you guys came from, will reunite, but really just make it a nostalgia thing and like just play the old songs. Right. right. So I can see how it probably is. It takes a lot and writing really good music to get them on board with the new stuff. Yeah, we, we've been, I think, pretty lucky so far. And I think it's, we hear a lot of people being like, oh, you were, you know, one of our favorite bands in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've kind of grown with you. And we were so excited that you came back. And now we have, you know, I met my wife at one of your shows. Like, we hear a lot of mm-hmm. that. I'm sure a lot of bands do, the older they get. But um, I think that maybe has something to do with the fact that they have more or less, like, kind of grown with us and are more accepting to if we want to change a little bit, but because we also make a very conscious effort to not, to not turn our backs on what we did in the past. Like we will play anything from our catalog. We're not ashamed or we're not too far removed from it, but we also want to service ourselves as a band and continue to move forward. So it's all about like the, the balance of old and new and making sure everyone's being represented. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, yes. Yeah, so this fantastic new song, Narrow Mouth, that we're talking about. Let's play a little sample of it. You gotta get something right. talk a little bit a little bit more about narrow mouth um like a lot of i think most of the early november's catalog is like heavier kind of intense like serious sort of music and this this fits that at least the way i viewed it so like ace take me through as much as you want to share like what the lyrics mean to you especially like we live through the narrow space between our eyes and the refrain was kind of what stuck with me right i mean it it means like I think for me, the song means a lot of different things, but it's like trying to see, I'm going to try and back up here and explain like for Mm -hmm. me being in the music business for as long as I have, like it does weird things to you, you know, growing up in it. I've grown up since a teenager. I've been doing this for, this is my life. And a lot of the album is about that and decisions and choices. And, you know, it's like in music, one thing is cool for a minute and then it's not for the next. Everybody knows that. But like, for me, like you can get caught in that very narrow window that you give yourself to do anything. And sort of that's sort of what it means 
means to mm-hmm. me and like being uh looking at your career as i don't know i'm gonna start to sound really confusing about myself now but you know it's pretty much about that you know what i'm saying joe Morrow? i do help me out here well yeah i know it's hard to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's not possible but um yeah i mean that pretty much means what it says and for me it comes from a very real place of just struggling with um the limitations maybe that i set myself up with when i first started and where i am right now and that that struggle and not to get like sound depressing or like i'm not extremely thrilled with everything but that's where it's at yeah and like what you're touching on i feel that because even though the early november has progressed over 10 plus years you've never been a band that's made any like wholesale changes or chased any trends and in the like forgive me for saying scene but I feel like that's yeah, a good right. way of showing right. it. Like in the scene that you guys come from, there has been a lot of trend chasing right. during that time that you guys have been together. Yeah, like going to Warp Tour and Bamboozle over the years back when early November was a band in the first phase. I saw it kind of progress more and more f- from where it started to kind of like a hair metally, more poppy, scenester kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So things moved in progressed but early november they kind of stayed the course yeah yeah i think that in the past that may have been like a disservice because we could have could have been bigger if we would have done this or Mm. if we would have done you know sounded a little bit more like what was happening at the time but now looking back on it it's been it's done us a service and a favor by having just done what we've done and you make real fans that way who aren't just you know fair weather or just you know kids chasing a trend um and it's it's been good because it allows us to change and allows people to grow with us because they expect more or less change from us every record because we've been doing that. So it it gives us some a little more leniency, I think, with our records. Yeah, and now in phase two of the early November, it seems like there's probably a good amount of bands out there who would call you an influence. It's always nice to hear that. Yeah. When, when a band Prob- yeah. that we dig is like, Well we you know, I'll I'll find I'll see a band and they'll be like, Oh, we love your own November. It's like, oh, cool, because I like your band. So that's nice to have, uh, to have any, to anything to do with the band or any bands that are moving forward and kind of carrying that, that flag a little bit. It's nice. Yeah, and some of the bands you're touring with coming up, like You Blew It, Restorations, Great Big Pile of Leaves, they seem like the bands that would fit in that progression of, of what early November fans would maybe make as they became musicians, as they grew up. Yeah, I think it's all conscious. We, we, we like to tour with the bands that, uh, just people that we would like to hang out with for the most part, but also make music that we can get behind. And it's nice to, uh, you know, whether they, whether they were influenced or not, it's just at some point, you know, we may have done something that led to something that, you know, helped them or want, you know, inspire them to get started, which is nice. Yeah, totally. And like those bands, a lot of the stuff on top shelf records now, like I think there's a lot of bands that exist now as sort of a reflection of sort of bands like you guys saying the chorus and not jumping on on trends. Because what exists of that sort of music now is stuff that wasn't hopping trends. You know, the stuff that's sort of been like true to the bands I'm sure influenced you guys, like the Get Up Kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I say that because I just saw the Get Up Kids over the weekend in Asbury Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a compliment really to have to be 
from the time that we came from, which we were influenced by, you know, the Get Up Kids and the Promise Ring and Jets to Brazil and like that era of music, which didn't really, it got big, but then things got even bigger from bands that were influenced by them, like Fall Out Boy and My Chem, and those bands got even bigger than those bands. And we were certainly influenced by the ones that came before us and just tried to keep, you know, carry that flag or keep that those ethos alive and to see a band that's now come many generations or, you know, a generation or two after us with the same ethos is, is nice just to know that that's still sustainable and can still be done in 2015 or whatever in a label like Top Shelf to, mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, be successful with carrying that flag is just a nice thing to know. Yeah, and the label you guys are on, Rise, they carry the flag also pretty well. So probably the label support is big for you guys. It's probably kind of a breath of fresh air from phase one, right? Rise has been awesome. They just let us, they more or less let us do whatever we want, which is, which mm-hmm. is great because they, they come at it from being, from being fans of the band. Like they've, our, our buddy Matthew, who works there, was a fan of the band, went to our shows. We toured with we his toured old with, band. Yeah. yeah, well, you probably won't want us to say that. Yeah. But what, was, <laughs> what was his band? Were I don't they? know if we're, he might get mad. He'll get mad. But it doesn't matter. It's out there. Yeah. What were they, they called? Roses Are Red. Roses Are Red. Oh, I, I remember that yeah. band. So yeah. Matthew yeah. was in that band, and we toured, We did some shows with them, and he then got on to you know, do amazing things behind the scenes, and it just was like a perfect fit to like sign with our, our bud, who's works at a great label, who's going to more or less just fund us to do whatever we want, which is great. And they just trust us enough because of the track record to kind of say, go make whatever record you want any way you want, and we'll put it out when it's ready. So that's been really nice of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and when you say do whatever you want, go into detail more with that. Aside from just putting out a record, what does that entail? What what I mean, comes with that well, freedom? I use half the money and invested it in artificial intelligence. That's what Bill always does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ace, Ace records. Growing field. Ace will uh, record and produce everything, which is... Sometimes, like, a band, you know, the label will want to get involved on who's producing because they want to make, you know, get a name behind it that they feel can take the band to whatever level it may be. And it's like Ace can do that with his own band. He's done that with other bands. So it's like they, there's no questions asked here. Record it at your own speed, at, uh, at your own studio, and just let us know when it's done. Yeah. Right, That's Ace. Awesome. I, yeah, I was going to ask you about the recording. You still produce other bands, right? Uh-huh. So what have you been up to lately? with other bands yeah just producing yeah just busy all the time trying to keep like you know between this and i've been a lot uh recently been focused on mainly the early november stuff so like um after i finished up that album it's just been like getting ready to do everything that we're doing Mm -hmm. but staying busy all the time either working on this or working with bands or writing or whatever so yeah and you do songwriting for other genres huh Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Tell me about that, because I did not know that until I was just reading up not too long ago. Um, it's like you learn, like I was saying, in the music business, like it, you learn to wear a lot of different hats. Like Joe does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I, I write for uh, other artists, other types of music, like pop and stuff like that, and uh, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then produce and also have the band. So got to do all those things to keep everything going and to not go crazy. Yeah. And Joe, you manage bands, right? I do, yeah. You blew it who are touring with you guys. We are, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I manage um, 
You blew it. Foxing, Allison Weiss, Young Statues, a band called Dry Jacket. So I think it was just like Ace was always like our the creative dude, you know, like steering the ship. And I was always the kind of guy being like, thanks for giving us this great music. Let me, I'll settle the shows or I'll talk to the people who book the shows or whatever it may be. So it was just like the natural progression from when the band had that lull or, you know, that, that hiatus. It was like, I, this is all I really know and it's what I love the most. So how can I stay involved more so? So just kind of jumped into that blindly but it's been going pretty well so far. <laughs> well, yeah, I think to be successful to a certain extent, a band needs to have a guy like that who's going to like do the business side of things, not be like, oh, we don't do that, to embrace right. that. It's like, right. yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's something that I see with a lot of bands. I always see like, oh, there's the there's the guy that I would that I see myself in, and there's the guy who's my, you know, was my ace, and that's his ace, mm-hmm. you know? It's always <laughs> it's just funny to see how that no matter what band it is, it you see a lot of similarities and common and common, you know, denominators between the bands and the generations. Yeah. And Bill, aside from shredding and artificial intelligence investment, <laughs> what what guy are you in the bands? Uh, you know, I, I drive the van. Utility <laughs> guy. Yeah. Utility. Yeah. Sure. That's how the, he started. He was our guitar tech. He's the executor. Good right. one. Yeah. I'm like the. Uh, you know, most of the time I'm kept on a chain in the van, <laughs> and uh, in the, when in the something trailer. needs to be taken care of, they release me, and I bark at people. Uh, Bill, there's some shifty characters coming up. Right. We'll bark at them. Oh, God, we better let Bill off the leash. <laughs> no, but I think out of uh, the current van we own has, what, 300, Three, almost, almost 300,000 almost 300, miles? miles. Mm-hmm. Bill's driven, like... Two hundred and fifty thousand. No, Ace and no, yeah, Ace is driven. Yeah. A lot. But Bill's yeah. driven. Uh, say we've driven a million miles in our career. Bill's driven like eight hundred. There was a good at least three year chunk where Bill drove every single drive and yeah, would everything. like you know then get out and load and then get out and set up the stage and make sure everybody's stuff works right and work on everything. He's the workhorse when it comes down to it. He's also extremely, you know, good at. Uh, <laughs> Nearly anything. Nearly anything. <laughs> Climbing. He can climb a building. Dodging questions. <laughs> so there you go. Those are three very essential elements that a band needs to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. to do right. band things. I don't know what the other two guys in your band do, but that, that seems like everything. Comedic uh, relief. Yeah. <laughs> Sex appeal. Sex appeal. We've got it. We got them all. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that covers it. That covers it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> So finally, one thing I want to end on, um, I had uh, Andrew McMahon in for a podcast a couple couple weeks ago and asked Wonderful. him the, the same question. Uh, there's so many drive through Records alumni out there doing great things now. Like, Aside from you guys, for instance, there's like Jack Antonoff, who's gotten big with fun and with bleachers. Yeah. Never Gabe, heard him. <laughs> yeah. And, and Gabe from Midtown with tons of hits with Cobra Starship. So like, there's a nice field of alumni out there after kind of graduating and going your separate ways so like how many of these guys out there have you kept in touch with and what's that been like i would say i kept pretty in pretty good touch with jack up until just you know recent once they started you know um, everything happening with fun it just got so busy yeah. and crazy and then um i see andrew every once in a while we see kenny vasoli a lot from mm-hmm. vacationer and starting line um who else do we see we saw gabe at Oh, we saw Gabe not that uh, last year, this, this spring last year at the uh, skate and surf. Still see Buddy. Oh yeah, Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Nielsen. Yeah, I talked Buddy's to Buddy yesterday actually. Oh really? Killing. How's yeah. he doing? Really good. 
Yeah, he's he'll be around here soon. I think he's DJing in like Brooklyn soon. Nice. Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, drive through. Phenomenal A and R people would just find talent from people who were so young, who would like you know, no matter what, no matter what label they're associated with later, were bound to do some great things just because they were really really great at finding young talent. Some of these kids were like Kenny was fifteen when they signed. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's just a matter of going through all the ebbs and flows of an artist's career. So crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, most of them weren't even really from big cities or obvious places, though. These are just people from towns in Jersey or towns in Pennsylvania somewhere, a little bit of Chicago and outside L.A. Which makes it crazy to think how they find it, because now you can go on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or whatever, or yeah, Facebook. Yeah, so easy. And like, where did, I think the, a lot of them was like bands who they had signed already. Like The story is Midtown got Newfound Glory signed because he had like the demo or whatever. and uh, Then they got... Dashboard. Then they got dashboard. Yeah, so it's probably a lot of like domino effect like that. We came out of nowhere and just sent him a demo. I would, it was Jen kept reaching out to him and yeah. talking to him on instant messenger. That's what yeah. did it for us. So it was just a cold pitch demo that started everything. It was like a bunch of bugging him. He didn't really listen to the demo until we met in person. He let us meet in person first, mm-hmm. and like he liked the. De- I think he heard a piece of the demo or something on MP3.com or whatever. And then um, he just wanted to help us out. Be, they were very good at that. And yeah, I think it was also. Stephanie that drove the actual signing of it. Yeah, My sister. Yeah, because I still remember when you guys are, closed your last show in the first phase at Bamboozle when you played Every Night's a Story. You were like, "Well, this is the song that got us signed, and we're going to close with it." Yeah. So that was yes, that. I remember saying that. Yeah, that was a wild show. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Uh, Kind of how we started. There was like this VHS tape and everything. Yeah, that was like the band hanging out at diners. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think I think I've seen some of that. Yeah, it was yeah. on like some of the drive-through DVDs. And there's like members of I think Hidden in Plain View were there too. Mm-hmm. It's funny how they thought that would be great content to put on a DVD. Yeah, just get the band to hang out at a diner somewhere in Jersey. Yeah, there was there they had cameras all around at I mean, that, that time. We did that ourselves. No, the other one, too. What where we're one? at Danny's or whatever. Oh, cool. View. Yeah. yeah we, there were cameras they had. Yeah. Cameras were everywhere cameras. back then. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff people will never say. Things got a little Hopefully. weird. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, phase one was definitely a lot of fun. And yeah, best of luck, guys, with phase two. It sounds great so far. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for coming out. So there you go. That concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars podcast. Remember to check back every Friday as a new episode runs that day of the week, each and every week on Billboard.com. Also, you can click the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. That way you can subscribe to the podcast and also listen to past episodes archived. We've got plenty of good stuff in there. Pete Wentz, that was the first episode. Andrew McMahon from a few weeks ago, another drive through artist, Screaming Females, Waxahachie, lots of good stuff there, so check that out. Until next week, have a good week, everybody. Brand new.